Animal Fire Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to the National Fire Radio podcast. This week, the week of May 15th, 2023, all new episodes, including a new drop by the size up. So check it out, five new episodes this week. We appreciate you coming back day after day, week after week to hear the good word. We have incredible guests with such powerful stories and messages to share. And that's what this job's all about, is talking about it. Because when we talk about the job, like I say in every episode, we're making the job better. Check it out, but do me a favor in the meantime, like, subscribe, and share. Talk about the podcast, talk about our social media channels. We appreciate the support. Drop us an email at podcast at nationalfireradio.com for any thoughts or ideas you have about the show, any feedback. We'd love to hear it. And lastly, do me a favor. Before we roll into the episodes, we couldn't do it without our partners. So please give our partners a few minutes of your time as we talk about the job and the friendships we make along the way. Hey guys, before we start the podcast, real quick, I want to mention the Gone to Texas Fire Forum and Expo being held in Arlington, Texas on June 9th and 10th. Myself, I'm going to be emceeing the event for two days with nationally renowned speakers that will be there for the weekend. Mo Davis, Clyde Gordon, Rick George, Mickey Farrell, Jacob Johnson, Dennis Riley, and so on. The list goes on and on. I was there last year, helped emcee the event last year. It is a growing conference in an incredible venue. Globe Life Field, which is home to the Texas Rangers in Arlington, Texas, right in the entertainment district, right at the PBR bar, which we're going to have a social after the first night. I'm telling you right now, there's no other venue like this. The room actually overlooks the field. You get to walk the stadium. It is such a cool venue. Arlington, Texas, June 9th and 10th. Check them out. Go on to TexasFireForum.com or go to Facebook and look them up there too. Go on to Texas Fire Forum where you can buy your tickets, get great hotel rates. If anybody's asking you where you're going this summer, you tell them, go on to Texas. This episode's brought to you by Taylor's Tins. Taylor and his crew at Taylor's Tins have been manufacturing aluminum helmet fronts since 2017. With over 200,000 tins in the market, they are a leader in the helmet front space. Custom design, one-offs to department orders, they can turn them around within 24 to 48 hours. Customer service is what they pride themselves on, and they provide nothing but top-shelf product and service to their customers. Check them out at taylorstins.com and check out their full line of product offering. They've always been a very strong supporter since day one with the National Fire Radio podcast and platform. And Taylor and his crew have become dear friends of ours, and we appreciate the support. And at checkout, for a little extra bonus, use coupon code NFR sent me. That's NFR sent me for a discount on your order. Exclusions do apply. Anyway, check out taylorstins.com for the latest and greatest offerings from Taylor and his crew. And in the words of Taylor, stop burning up leather. Hey, everyone. Jeremy, National Fire Radio. Welcome back to the podcast today. Chris Overpeck. Chris, before I go into all the rundowns, I just want to say, what's up, brother? Thank you for being here. This is a, this is a good one for me, man. I'm excited to talk with you today. I really am. Jeremy, it, it is an absolute honor um, that you had contacted me to, to be on the show today. The thing is, I have to start off by saying I'm not where I'm at because of my, you know, because of myself. My mentors have, have, have taken me to this moment. And I really hope today that I can shed some light on that and show, you know, what what they put into me. 
I didn't create any of this. This is their, this is their doing. I really hope today, you know, that I, that I represent them right. And the bad thing is many of them are, have passed away, you know, so I, I really hope that I come across and I do them justice because this is, this is based on them. Well, I can tell you this brother, knowing you for the time that I've known you now, um, it's always been, uh, just a very special relationship to me. You are an absolute gentleman and you're always, uh, humble and paying it forward. Um, I know that your mentors that are still here and the ones that have passed on, uh, you've made them very proud. But I will say this, um, you know, we all like to credit those around us for making us better, but it still takes the individual to be better and the willingness to absorb the information from others, the willingness to be better and to make yourself better. And you only do that through learning from others. So if you didn't allow yourself to do that, brother, you would not be here today. So don't cut yourself short and give yourself a little bit of credit as well, pal. Um, you know, and frankly, like for me, this is exciting. Cause, uh, you know, I met you through Steve Yelich and Steve yeah. is, uh, you work with Steve. You worked with him. Now you uh, got promoted on his birthday and moved on. Yep. Uh, and yep. now you're probably racing him to jobs, which I absolutely love. I hope you're getting in in front of him a little bit. I think that's uh, that's a fun story. Uh, but he's one of those guys because he's kind of a, a mentor to me and in yep. how he carries himself, how he talks about the job, his passion, also his candidness and straightforwardness and sticking up for the guys and sticking up for the job and protecting the integrity of the job. Steve Yelich was on a past episode with me, um, and I, I value him times 10. And, and because of that relationship, I now have you in my life. Um, and that means everything to me as well. So I am forever grateful for these relationships I make because of national fire radio. And you are certainly one of them. So this show today is all about you, brother. I want to talk about you and the impact that you make and, uh, and the people that have impressed upon you, why you want to be the way you are. It's all of it, man. It's all of it. You know, and and the the thing about it is is there's so much to go from, and it's so hard to pinpoint just certain areas because, in in my time in the fire service, there's only one word and, and phrase that comes in into mind. I've been fortunate. Yeah, I, I have been so fortunate. Um, you know, I didn't create a lot of the 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 information that I'm able to share. I was taught the information I was able to share. I was pushed. I was I was constantly told be better expect better set goals don't settle for second best you know i've i've had some some highs i've had some serious lows sure um you know and i'm here to be transparent yeah you know i want i want people to understand the struggle is real the struggle within the fire service is real whether it's staffing issues whether it's pay whether it's you know just this guy like me or that guy not like me i mean that all factors in we're humans. You know, we have feelings. We, we have things that mean the world to us. And I was very fortunate that I fell into the fire service. I'm, I'm no legacy. Mm. I don't have any family in the fire service. You know, I went, I went out of high school. I was in high school and, 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 and my goal in high school was to get out of high school, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I get it. And, and, you know, my parents were phenomenal people. They were both educators, both almost 40 years in, in, in education, teaching and, and administration, you know, and I learned early on to, to always try to better myself, try to learn. And at times I didn't take it as serious as I thought, as I wanted to, you know, and I, you know, I, I made commitments at times and I walked away from them. You know, I, I have to live with those, but my mom was probably one of my biggest supporters and mentors growing up 
you know, she didn't let me settle. When I wanted to give up, she pushed me. Um, you know, to, to all the way to the point where, you know, here I am senior year in high school. And like I said, I, I didn't know anything about the fire service. I was in high school. I was a young punk kid. And I knew college wasn't for me. Yeah. I, I knew it. And I thought, you know, if I go to college, I'm wasting my mom and dad's money. I don't want to do that. So unbeknownst to my mom, one day I decided to go sign up for the United States Navy. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Talk about coming home. Hey, what'd you do today? Oh, well, mom, I'm leaving for boot camp in, in June. Yeah. Yeah. Ten days after I graduated high school, I'm on, I'm on a bus to Indianapolis on an airplane to San Diego. What was and... their what was their take on that? Being educators, knowing that you really weren't studious. Right. I mean, they can they can recognize that and understand that. Right. I think my mom really looked at it as I knew she was worried about me. There's sure. No doubt. Who would know? I mean, that's, right. a, that, that's a parent, you know, and, yeah. and I'm sure at times she wondered, God, what is my son going to do with himself? You know, because because I wasn't taking school as serious as I probably should have, you know, and and they had talked to me about education. You know, maybe you should think about being a teacher. Well, no, I don't want to be a teacher. I mean, I, I listen to <laughs> I'm trying to get and, out of school. I don't want to yeah, go back. You know, yeah, I don't want to go back. I mean, I don't want to have to work with the people that you work with. Yeah, right. You know, th- then I'm going to have your legacy over the top, you know. Yeah. So I, I had no inkling of the fire service. I, I had none. Wow. Uh, get into boot, get into boot camp and. You realize real fast that aboard ship, everybody fights fire. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I served my time in. I ended up taking an injury in the Navy, um, got out of the Navy. And about that time, California, um, it was a different organization out there than Cal Fire is today. It was called California Department of Forestry and Fire Protection. And it was a very unique atmosphere because you had state rigs, you had municipality rigs, and yep. you had county rigs. Right. And they could all be within one firehouse. So, you know, I get out of the Navy and, and, and I enjoyed the firefighting and, and the damage control uh, training that we went through. And I thought, man, you know, that, that might be something I might get a kick out of. Sure. And um, so I did. I got into the California Department of Forestry aspect and uh, was assigned to a, a small station in Riverside County. We covered a huge area because it was so rural. But, you know, still a young, dumb kid. Um, I learned, but I didn't take advantage of it. Mm. You know, I, I did. I had some great mentors out there. I had some people that were phenomenal, but I was still in that. I was still in that groove yep. of I'm nine. I'm 19 years old. Yeah, you're young. I can take on the world. Yep. And here at 19, here at 19 years old, 20 years old, I'm I'm having a I'm I'm, I'm married. <laughs> I have a kid. Wow. I mean, oh, bro. And 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 I screwed that up. And you're There's yeah. No well. You're still learning yeah. who you are, right? I mean, think oh, about that, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think I could bring a, a child into the world and be a successful dad. Mm. Oh, man, I was so stupid. Um, but like I said, we had a death in the family, came back to Indiana and stayed. But, you know, the the little time, a couple of years I had, or three years in, in California, I, I, I had the bug. But I didn't have the maturity at that level. You yeah. know, I mean, I, I, I knew where I wanted to go. I knew that I loved the fire service. Come back to Indiana, got involved with a couple of different volunteer companies. Right. And then I started kind of getting into a groove. Um, we had state fire schools at the time, and they were really, really popular. Started going to those. Started to learn, okay, you know, this is something I could I could see myself doing as a career. And um was fortunate enough to go to quite a few classes on my own dime, on my own time. And it, it really worked out in a positive way. So as the, you know, time progressed, you know, I started testing for full-time fire departments. And then this is no joke. 
you know, I'm watching all these friends of mine struggle going through years of testing. Yeah. And in a week and in, in about a 10 day period, I had three conditional offers. Wow. Bro. Well, just dumb luck or, or what? I mean, I, yeah, I mean, okay. you know, I, I went into these tests thinking I don't have a chance in hell. Mm. I didn't study hard enough in, in high school. Right. What, what am I going to, how am I going to compete with some of these people? And like I said, I had three conditional offers within 10 days. And it was crazy. <laughs> Absolute, I, did, so, I didn't know what to do. I was so confused because I'm like, okay, well, one of them is here in my hometown, South Bend, Indiana. Right. You know, I had another conditional offer from an, a, a larger department. And then the third one that came in, I, as a volunteer in Indiana, I had done some writing over there. And I got to know their job. I got to see the brotherhood. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm not saying I'm not saying the other departments didn't have that. No, I get it. I saw I saw a different view. Sure. I, I consider myself coming from Pleasantville, you know, USA. I mean, mom and dad were middle class, both working parents. Like we got, you know, they got divorced when I was about 13. My mom raised myself and my sisters. You know, at a young age, I learned to make better decisions. You know, because of of watching some of their mistakes. Sure. So so when things became legit and real, I had a hard decision to make. Which department do I take? Uh oh, your phone's cutting out. Where'd you go? I'm sorry. No, you're getting all wonky on me. Oh, what'd you do? Yeah. Move? All right, there you go. You it's, good? It's the, it's the technology in Indiana. There it a cow, is. A cow, a, a cow walked past. The We're back. Listen, people are yeah, gonna have back. to people are gonna have to deal with it. Oh well. Yeah, so sorry. Anyway, sorry no, you're that. good. So go ahead. Um, you know, so I, I knew my mom would ask. You know, why are you choosing this department? Not not out of a, a, a deterrent, but she wants to make sure I'm making sound decisions for myself. Sure. And I did. I sat down, and I ended up um, going to a very industrial, uh, rough city, and it's called Gary, Indiana. Yeah. And I'd spent some time there riding, got to know some of the guys, um, had some really good mentors, just even riding there. Uh, you know, we hell at that time. You went and rode. There were times you were filling in for a guy who was off shift because their staffing was low. So were you there as like civil defense or like a volunteer? Like what? What was? No, it, it was a ride along program. A ride along program. Okay. They had they had a program. You could come in, sign a waiver, had to get approved by the fire chief. Right. And you could go hop on a rig and go as long as the company officers and everybody in the firehouse agreed to it. Cool. You know, so I went and rode and, and got to know some people. Steve Florian, uh, you know, he used to be in Gary before he went back to Detroit. Right. And that's kind of how I got into it. I met Steve through, through the fire schools. And okay. uh, he's like, well, come on, ride. Come on, ride. You know, it's, it's legit. We, you know, we, we go to a lot of work. Yeah, and, they do. You know, as, as a rider, I mean, we go over there on a, on, a, on a Friday and catch two or three, you know, two or three jobs. Right. Right. You know, and I'm coming off the rig and going to work. It yeah. wasn't like I was coming off sitting on the, you know, I mean, I had to earn a little respect from the company officers. But the more you showed up, the more you went and rode, the more opportunity they gave you. Yeah. Love you know, that. And so, so, and so when we tested, you know, that was, that was that third conditional offer. And I knew where I needed to be. I, I mean, I'm young. They're catching fires. And that's what I wanted to do. I knew at that point in time that I had the offer. I had to grow up. You know, I, I knew I had to make the big boys decisions and, and that's what I did, you know. So, so I took the job in Gary, um, went through the academy and I, and I did, I busted my butt. And, uh, shortly before, um, 
graduation and we were 26 week academy right i was driving i was driving i lived in south bend i drove to gary's about an hour and 40 minute drive so i was making the commute and then uh one of the guys in, that was on the job in gary i got to know and he allowed me to stay monday through friday his name's uh george humphreys he allowed me to stay at, at his family's place in a town that was in between the two so i didn't have so far to drive right and you know forever grateful for that because that helped me out helped my situation out helped finances and stuff like that sure. during those times so it was huge, you know, and um, went through the academy a couple weeks before we were going to graduate. Of course, you know how it is. You, you go up to the, the guys who are given the, the assignments and you're kind of smoozing them a little bit. And I said, uh, hey, hey, chief, where, where am I going? You know, and, and he told me you're on squad two. And I thought he was full because squad two was a citywide heavy rescue went to every fire in the city. Right. No EMS. Right. I thought, yeah, whatever, you know. I thought he was just blowing smoke up my butt. And uh, lo and behold, we're standing there for graduation, and uh, the Chiefs giving out assignments, and here it comes. Chris Overpeck, second turn, squad two. <laughs> I, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I, How I, old are I, you? Oh, what was I, 25? Beaming. Bro. Yeah, right? I've Prime. made it. I've made it. Let's go. <laughs> oh. Well, you talk about making it. That's where I fall on my face. But we'll get no. That. But that's but, my um, point, right? Like, yeah, yeah, that's all you wanted, right? Like at that moment in life, you were like going to the best shop it. in the city, and you know, and I'm gonna go be the biggest and best I can ever be, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and I did. I walked out of graduation on cloud nine. Hundred percent. Absolutely on cloud nine because the shift I was going to had a couple legends on the job. You know, you had Rob Grady, you had Tony Buckrop. The same station was uh, Emmett Lewis was my first lieutenant. Emmett's, Emmett's no longer with us. And uh, we had Big Joe Nevitt. I mean, I say these names out of respect. Sure. I'm not trying to name drop. No, but you know it. what? These, these guys, own, they, they earn that respect. Yes. I want the world to know this is the guy who taught me. Yes. These are the people who, who mattered. These, these are the guys who gave me the tools to put me where I'm at today looking at my 30th year. I love it. You know, in, in, in total, I should say. But so a- absolutely cloud nine. Go in, report into my first day. I'm not even in station 15 minutes. We catch a job. Nice. Bro. Yep. Here I am. Chris I'm home. Gear. I am home. <laughs> yeah, I right. mean, we, 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 ended up, we ended up catching three jobs that day. It's a nice first indoctrination to the firehouse, man. Bro. I'll tell you that much. Bro, is absolutely amazing. Yeah. You know, but that's the and type of so- that. But that's the type of city Gary is, though, too, right? And especially oh. back then. Oh, yeah. It was Banner, right? It was absolutely Banner. And then right. I'm sitting here thinking, man, look at the company I'm with. Look, look at the names within this station. Look at look at the history of Squad Two. Yeah. Because right. those guys, those guys were in. One of them was my drill master, yeah. Bob Walker. You know, Reggie Barksdale, Big Joe Nevitt, Greg Million. These were my chiefs. Yep. These were my captains. I right. mean, I'm riding with the creme de la creme of squad two of Gary, Indiana. And those cool. are our bosses. Yeah. Oh, it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Couldn't ask for anything better. You know, so so there's a huge fortune that I was handed. And that's just dumb luck. Maybe grace of God. I don't know. Maybe God knew where I needed to be. Mm. And, and, and with that, you know, it's fun now because I share these stories. Because it was an absolute ball. Yeah. Being young, going to three to four jobs a shift. Sometimes, you know, I think the busiest we caught was, was, a, was 11 in one shift. Come on, really? And, oh, bro. Yeah. 
That's we had we had a big fire over in the Black Oak, which was the southwest section of the city, and I think we had eleven structures going. Um, but it was just it was crazy, you know, and and I was just eating it up. I mean, absolute eating it up, you know, and and um, Gary was 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 not just the fire service, but I learned so much about life and culture, and guys really took the time to put effort into me. They That's cared. huge. Yeah. You know, I mean, my station captain, Donnie Williamson, he'd wake us up every morning. Tones dropped at six o'clock. Shift was over at seven. But six o'clock, they, you know, dispatch would come on and say, good morning, Jerry Firefighters. This is companies in service. As soon as dispatch was done, my captain would pick up the phone and start serenading us. He would legitimately hit the intercom and start waking us up by singing. I love it. He was a phenomenal musician. But it was just, you know, as a young kid, it was amazing. I right. mean, I was I was in the fire world, Walt Disney of, of, of the fire world. Well, it's I mean, everything it was, you you hoped and painted it to be, right? I mean, just you know, oh, this is what you wanted, with, and it was over. It was over. It sounds like it was over delivering. Oh, it was more than I anticipated. Yeah, you know, during the academy, you, you know, you heard the stories, but these guys were legit, and poor, poor, poor city. I mean, people didn't have a lot. You know, so I was humbled because we were going to fires and burned out buildings. And I remember the first few times they're like, hey, so-and-so's in the back. That's where he stays. I mean, we're making grabs on people that our guys already knew because they were homeless. Right. They already knew who it was. Yeah. You know, so right. once again, there's the human aspect. Yeah. It's not that it's not that they're rich, they're poor, they're white, they're black. No, they're, people. they're human beings. Yeah, they're people. They're humans. It, yep. It, it didn't matter, you know, and, and, and they put such a big emphasis on that, you know, and. And I was so fortunate because they taught me, they took the time, you know, um, there was, there was another guy in our firehouse, Kevin Bentry, you know, he, um, he grew up in Gary, you know, and, 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 and he had somebody in his family. I want to say it was his aunt saw him going down the wrong path. So she sends him off to college. You know, you're not going to go that route. You know, you're not going to wind up. A right. Statistic, I guess, yeah. We're not letting this happen. It. You know, and there's always there was always one one instance. I mean, Kevin and I become friends. We still talk occasionally to this day. But there was one instance, and and, and at the time you laughed it off. But afterwards, I, I I took it to heart because I thought, wow, this is crazy. You know, we're crawling into a working job, and I'm backing Kevin up on the hose line, and the house had uh, firearms in it. Right. Well, of course, the firearms start cooking off and everything, and I'm I'm right up on Kevin because boy, I'm eating this. I'm ready. I mean, I want every bit of fire I can get. And I remember he shuts the nozzle down a little bit and he starts laughing and he says, Hey, Peck. I said, what's up, Kev? He said, I always thought I'd get shot, but I never thought it'd be in a house fire. <laughs> Bro, you know, and yeah. at the time, at the time, of Just, course you're laughing. Yeah. You're, right. you're cracking up because you, you, it's funny. You don't expect it, but right. you know, looking back on that, damn dude, that was deep. <laughs> Wow. To, to, yeah. You know, to have that wit about him, you know, that in, even in that yeah. circumstance, he could take a half a second and, and just enjoy the moment, if you will, you know, and, and oh. lighten the mood, if you will. I, I love that. That's fun. It was, it was amazing. And, yeah. and, th- and th- those, those are the things that really made me start, start understanding that there's more to this than just pushing a hose down a hallway and throwing water on fire. There's a human factor that comes into this. And I don't mean the people we serve. I mean, there's human factor with the guy you're, you're crawling the hallway with. That's right. That's you right. know, and, 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 and it was fun because it didn't stop 
in the house. It didn't stop in the firehouse. It didn't stop. There was one day I was, I never wanted to let these guys down because loyalty was huge. Mm. You know, if, if you were a snitch, if you were a problem child, they didn't want you. And I remember one day I showed up late for work and this is a story they love to tell because it always gets everybody laughing. But I showed up late for work. Grady comes out to me and he's like, Hey, new guy, you're late. And he just tears into me. Right. He's my senior, pri- he's my senior private time tears yep. into me. And the last thing he says to me is the cat doesn't want you here. Go home. And I sat there. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. So guess what I did? I get in my car. I start heading home. <sighs> I start going home. <laughs> so half hour later, my phone's ringing and it's Grady on the other end laughing. You need to get your ass back to work, boy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Thanks brother. Well, you know, Appreciate it. Yeah. Oh bro. Yep. Yeah. Cause it, and then, you know, to this day, cause finally the captain said, Hey, where's the new guy? Yeah. Where is he? Like, Oh crap. You know, I'm messing with him. And he actually left. That's hilarious. Yeah, he's looking the phone and calls me. He's like, hey, man, you better bring your butt back to work, man. Cap wants to know where the hell you're at. <laughs> Let's go. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely phenomenal, those, you know? But those moments, what did what did all these moments do for you? I mean, is this is this then where the, the framework was laid for you to really understand what this job was really all about? Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. I mean, you know, you, you never got downtime. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you're sitting at the kitchen table, hey, tell me what a type three building is. Yeah. Tell me what's the difference between a flashover and a backtrack. I mean, they would they would constantly grill you. And it wasn't that they were picking on you. They were trying to get you to be better. Was it always that way? Is that the culture there? I mean, why? You know, these are these are senior guys that really took the time to work with you, though. Right. I mean, in that, oh. that to me is what I think is most valuable about all of it is, is those guys with the experience are willing to take the time to share it. Oh, without a doubt. And, you know, and the thing was, that was just my house, but the whole city was like that. Yeah. The whole culture was like that. I mean, there were times, you know, I got, I got shipped off of my rig. They need a young guy somewhere else. Hey, you're off the squad today. I need you to engine 12 or whatever. And you'd go in there and those guys would, would get to know you and they would put information into you. And they would critique you and they would talk to you and they would educate you. You know, I was, like I said, I was ignorant to poverty. Mm. I was very ignorant. I get it. I mean, I grew up in a middle-class family. That's right. You know, and, and, and these guys were going into neighborhoods where they personally had a value because they knew these neighbors. Yeah. They knew this person. They knew this person's house or who used to live there. Or, I mean, you know, and it was, it was humbling. Because I got to a point where I started asking questions, you know, because there were some senior officers. And I, I did. How bad was racism? Mm. Oh, the conversations of that, bro, well, was amazing. You know, here's the thing, Chris. You bring up a very good point, right? You don't know what you don't know, right? And so growing up, and I'm very much the same way. I grew up in a middle to upper class neighborhood. That's what I know. That's where I went to school. I went to college. Like... I, I didn't get the only exposure I had was what I saw or heard outside of the community that I grew up in. Right. But you don't really deal with it. You don't see it firsthand. And now here you are in a tough town working, right. Coming from that middle-class neighborhood, you have to ask questions and you have to 
understand. You have to immerse yourself in the culture there so that you understand the people that you're working on behalf of. I mean, that's ultimately what you're doing is you're you're in service to those people of that community. And regardless yeah. of, like you said before, human beings, people, that's all that matters. That's the only thing we see. Yep. Yeah. You know, and, and that and that was a, that was a wide wake up call because I remember the first couple of times they were like, "My boy, what are you thinking?" You know? <laughs> because why do you want? You know, and I, I I even had one of them. Why do you care? Why yeah. do you want to know? Yeah. And it, and it wasn't that I was trying to be disrespectful, but I wanted to understand. Yeah, help me. I truly wanted to understand. And you know, once again, God's good graces, Emmett Lewis and and and, and my captain Donnie Williamson, they took the time. They taught me. This is what it's like. These streets are rough. This yeah. is a rough town. Yeah. You know, the likeliness of some of these people ever getting out of here is slim next to none. And then the reality starts sinking in. You know, there was there was multiple fires that were fatals that it was a double key dead bolt. And you'd find the person behind the front door with a key in their hand. Yeah. They lived in fear. They wanted to protect what was theirs. Yeah. Roll up roll up doors and forcible entry. That was the city for it. Yep. I can't tell you how many times we spent minutes just trying to access the interior door. Yeah. You know, and, and like I said, the personal value on that, you know, so, so learning, trying to get out of being naive of things. And like you said, you know, all you see is what you see news and stories and whatever. But I was in a situation where, Hey kid, wake up, take yeah. advantage of this. Yeah. That's, Learn. Yeah. This is your, this is your reality now. Yeah, because right. to me, I, did, I, I didn't see color. Yeah. I never saw color. I, I, I didn't. And to this day, I still don't. You know, I, and, and it's amazing because through those transitions, you know, I kept building confidence. Right. You know, and then and then they would then they would bump you up a little bit and then they let you drive. And, you know, they were constantly pushing you forward, They're constantly pushing you forward. And, but but the thing was, is they didn't accept mediocrity. Yes. This episode's brought to you by Teledyne FLIR. Teledyne FLIR is the originator and creator of thermal imaging technology. In 2013, FLIR launched the K-Series camera for the public safety sector, in particular firefighting. They have created cameras over the last 10 years for every position on the fire ground. From tactical to situational, their cameras help us make the right decisions on the fire ground. So check out Teledyne Fleer, check out their product offerings and engage them on their social media and ask them for more information and education in regards to their product. Teledyne Fleer is producing one of the best cameras on the market and they're a proud sponsor and partner of the National Fire Radio Podcast. So go over to www.fleer.com and look up the public safety file and you'll find the latest offerings from Teledyne. When, when, and, and I have stories that just, you know, it's funny because people think I'm so outlandish with some of my stories, but I'm like, here, I'm going to introduce you to the guy when we're at FDIC or whatever. And they hear the stories from somebody else or somebody confirms it. They're like, holy crap. That's yeah, it's real time in your yeah. life. Yeah, right. Right. You know, absolutely. Amazing. I mean, there were times we were sitting on the side of the road because we didn't, our city was poor. Okay. Yeah. So we lost our exhaust on the, on the rig one day. And here we are on the side of a, a, one of the uh, main streets using hazmat banding clamps to put our, our exhaust back together so we didn't have to turn our rig in. Sure. You know, we got creative. You had to. Yeah. Because that's all you had. 
Yeah. So, so how many years did you spend in Gary, Indiana? Uh, just shy of seven. Seven years there. Okay. And then, it, and then, is that where you ended up coming, going back to Terra? Like, how did you end um, up? Yeah, like I said, I'm a, I'm a four time loser. No, um, <laughs> I, I, it came a point in time. I mean, you know, I, uh, I, I, I met a young lady and we, we fell in love. Nice. And she had two daughters. At this point in time in my life, I had two daughters, and I wanted good things for them. Um, me being gone, you know, an hour and forty minutes. That's that's. That's basically four hours, even on my days off, that I'm gone. That's right. You know, and I, I, I did. I, I longed for a family, um, and I had to make some changes. You know, so within that time, um, we did some more testing, um, had a conditional offer with the city of Elkhart, Indiana, mm. um, and it paid considerably more. I mean, I want to say it was like about a $25,000 increase from what I was making. Wow. And it was, and it was closer to home. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at an hour and 40 minutes as opposed to 25 minutes. Right. Um, so I sat down with, with some of the senior guys there in, in my house and I kind of laid things out for them. And, and, you know, someone said something that, that had always stuck with me. You know, they, they, they said, Hey man, this job's going to be here, whether you're here or not. And one of these days you're going to have to retire. What do you want to retire on? A broken pension, a broken body. Yeah. I mean, what, what do you want to bank this on? Or, yes. or do you want, or do you want that family? Yeah. You know, and that, and that, and that hit hard because when I left Gary, man, I wept like a child mm, I bet. because I truly love those guys. Yeah. Still to this day, I love those guys. Even the guys that are gone, I'm loyal to them. You can't tell me a bad thing about them because I'm not going to believe it. Well, that's how, got, they, that's how they raised you. I mean, they, they literally raised you in your early years of the fire service. And, and you, I mean, I wrote that down. It says loyalty is huge. They're constantly pushing you forward. Your own words. You've said that before. Yeah. And you know what the thing is, is they didn't have to. Right. They didn't have to. They could have just said, oh, there's some kid who's just here to fight fire and, and whatever. But they saw something. And they took that time. Well, and that's, um, you know, I'm glad you recognize that, right? Because the, how humble you are. But, yeah, they recognize something in you. I'm sure they didn't invest into everybody like that, you know. And, and then for you to have this life, you know, these, these, uh, these life issues, real life pop up and say, like, man, I'm an hour and 45 minutes each way from here. I want to start a family. I want to do all these different things, you know. And then you took, you had the courage to have the conversation with those brothers at the table, Right. Like, what does this look like? And for them to pass on sound advice to you, you know, they could have said, like, hey, man, you can't leave here. And you probably would have stayed. Yeah. If, if, if that if that and you're right, if that would have come across like that. Yeah. I'd still be, I'd still be in that city. You probably no probably would be right. And, and life There's would be different. No but I think that's the best part about the friendships and the mentorship and the, the trusted relationships we have in the fire service and how important it is to surround yourself with good people. These guys, these guys, you know, bled with you, cried with you, laughed with you, and then told you to get out of there. Yes. Like, you think about that, right? And, and that's not, the, that's not, that's huge. <laughs> that's huge. I mean, there's no other way to put it. It's deep. I mean, it, it's very still, deep. There's, there's still times I, I, I still relive it. I still relive the conversations. I still relive the good times because there was so much more than just fighting fire. Yeah. Yeah. There was so much more than just running into burning buildings. And, 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 and there was that human aspect, you know, but 
in in that transition, I I fell transitioning from from the from the Gary position into into Elkhart. I fell into my own um, worst place. Mm. I had an I had an ego. I was arrogant. You know, I'm coming off a of squad two, Gary, Indiana, and you can't tell me shit. <laughs> you and know? How, now, how old were you in your young thirties? Thirties, yeah, thirty, young thirties. So you're still young, going, man. Still going young. over to yeah, going over to another department that's a little bit smaller. Great people, I mean, fantastic people. You know, but God bless them because some of them really had to put up with an ego, mm. and it was and it was bad. Because I thought I was on top. I mean, I really, I really, really did. I really thought, you know, man, I'm at the pinnacle. I'm awesome. I mean, I had an ego that was my downfall. And it still to this day hampers me because I don't want to go back to that. I, I fight that, you know. I mean, I want to be confident. I want to exude confidence. I want to, I want to show people you, you can do this job and be confident within yourself. But you got to be respectable from where you came from. you got to be humble about it because – at any point in time, this could be taken away from you. Talk to me. And, and t- yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was gonna. I, oh. I was gonna prompt you a little bit further on that um, because I think so many people struggle with this. Um, oh. And and I wanna I wanna ask how you came to realize that this was a, a, a hard you know a downfall for you in a way, but. I also want to hear more about it. I mean, when you go from a very busy company in a very busy city going to work on every shift, if you will, to a smaller job that doesn't offer the abilities and you're young and uh, the bravado is kicking in the I've been there. I've done this. I know this man. Come on. This is you know, this is I did all this before breakfast at the other place. Right. To then yeah. try to find a way to meld that into your new opportunity, your new career, your new place. That's hard. And I think this is where a lot of people struggle, right, is is really trying to dial that back and understand that every job is a little bit different. And you need to find your way to find that compromise, if you will, for lack of better sure. words. No? Yeah. And, 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 you know, when you said it, it's kind of funny because as I transitioned in that, you know, there was an academy of guys that I was supposed to have been in with, but there was a, a hang up with our state uh, perf pension. So I got delayed a little bit uh, making the transition. And uh, so I come in, I meet with the fire chief and Elkhart, good guy. And uh, he says, well, we're going to give you eight day, you know, so you kind of learn how to do it our way. And we're going to we're going to move forward and you'll come to company. And, and there was one battalion chief that stood up and said, no, we're not. We're going to do a live fire with this guy. I want to see what he's about. Mm. This guy, guy named by the name of Jay Michaels. He ended up being my first battalion chief in Elkhart. Okay. And he he did. He he pulled the reins. The administration's like, yeah, this kid's coming from Gary, man. He's good. He's got it. Yeah, whatever. And 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 then one guy stood up and said, Nah, I can understand the eight days, but we're going to do a live burn. Mm. I'm I'm going to be involved with this. And you know what? When when I heard that. I automatically knew because you know where it took me back to? It took me back to the old school guys in Gary, Indiana. There you go. Because I thought to myself, this guy's a dog. This mm. is this is a guy. This is a guy I want to work for. This is a guy that says, no, we're not cutting the corners. This kid ain't nobody special. Love that. And dude, I fell in love with him as my battalion chief. And God bless him. God bless my my my, my first uh, truck company officer. Because I went straight to the trucks in Elkhart. Um, you know, <clears throat> Jay and Dave. They're, they're saints because they put up with me and I owe them tons because 
they had to tone me back a little bit. Hey, man, drop the tube. <laughs> You're not God's gift to the fire service. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But, but, but love them to death because they had the balls to say it. What did you did you recognize that from from the get or did it take you a little more time to mature to understand what they were doing and where they were coming from? At first, it was like, oh, what the hell? You yeah, know? Screw you. Screw you guys, man. I'm from <laughs> yeah, Gary. Like, know, I, come on, man. Was, yeah, yeah, I got gotcha, you. Know? Right. That's um, that ego. Right. That's the ego. At, yeah, oh, bigger, bigger than life. You know, yeah. and then through that, you know, I started to see. You know, and, 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 and we did. We Elkhart was burning, too. I mean, we, we weren't going as heavy as Gary, but, boy, we talked some jobs. We talked some good jobs. And, and then as I worked for my, my officer, you know, there for a while, Dave, and, you know, he, hey, man, we, we really want to focus on the outside event position and this and that. Let's, let's really focus on this on the rig for the job. So we kind of started, you know, kind of forming that. What are the, what are the key roles of that outside event man position? You know, he, he, he put me into it. Yeah. You know, and I was a couple of years on the job about this time, probably my second year there. And, um, you know, things were going well, but I still had the ego. I still expect, I had high expectations. And this is where I, this is the other areas where I self-destructed is, is in those areas and, and, and in that ego driven, perfect look, I want everything to be perfect. My family suffered. My wife, my kids, they suffered. Because I couldn't, I couldn't turn it off. I was bringing that stuff home. The ego, and it was horrible. The yeah. bravado, oh, the oh. ego, the oh. the attitude. Yeah, mm. I was the bantam rooster walking around. And you know, you know what? I, I I beat myself up for it every day because I was so worried about what I had seen and what I knew how bad this world was that there were times I held my kids back from doing stuff, not because I didn't trust them. I didn't want something to happen to them. Really? Interesting. So, so in, yeah. So instead of instead of being there to pick them up when things went wrong, I just shut down the situation before it started. You know, and it's taken me a long time to even realize that. Wow. You know, and, okay. and, and, and my and my run in Elkhart, I mean, I, I had some legal battles uh, with with my youngest daughter. Uh, wasn't my best parenting moves and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I did. I was I mean, I was arrested on shift. Um, yeah, dude, ego blown up huge. You know, this, this, this is the downfall of Chris Overbeck because I, I was so full of ego and arrogance. I couldn't do no wrong. Yeah. I didn't want to self-reflect. I expected everybody else to be at my level. Was I was so far off base. It wasn't funny. Was this your drug, if you will? Like the, oh, the adrenaline of the ego, the knowing better, the always got to be right, right? Am, am I right with this? Like, is, oh, is oh, you yeah. fed off? I mean, you were feeding yourself, right? Like, you, yeah. when you can't do no wrong and you're not, you've never been wrong and everything you're doing is right and your opinion matters and all that stuff, right? Like, you, yeah. you fuel yourself. It's like a drug. It is. It is. You know, and, and, and I didn't know how to control it because, yes. like I said, I, I had such, I had had such high expectations because of what I expected. You know, here's a kid that came out of high school and didn't have any direction. Now I have something that I'm good at. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you, it bit me. I mean, I did. I collapsed. I said I, I, said I got arrested on a shift. Mm. It's all over the newspapers because, you know, cops, police, and, and, and teachers make great news stories. Sure. You know, went through a whole bunch of stuff. And, um, my wife's from Southern Indiana and, um, 
always made a promise to her, hey, if we have a chance to get to get to Southern Indiana, I, I would definitely look at it. So I wanted to be fair to her. She didn't really like that region up there. She was from a, a of a an area south of Indy, you know. And so my whole time at Elkhart, I mean, I had friendships. You know, we were doing trainings. I was still involved in the volunteer service. We were doing live acquired structure burns all the time. I mean, I had a core of friends, a core of people. But my pride got me, man. Yeah. Because I because of decisions that I made and ego and arrogance, my pride was shot. Mm. You know, and and after all this court stuff, I mean, it wasn't a long time. I, I I felt horrible because I let that department down as a whole. Were you pushing a lot of people away during that? Uh, to an extent, yeah. You know, like it's my way or get out of my way type thing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was. You know, I, I I was I was naive. This is how we did it. This is how it needs to be done. It's not stupid. Come on, no. Yeah. That's that's not you know there's there's what they say nine different ways to skin a cat. Sure. Um, and 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 I, and I learned it the hard way because I did I fell flat on my face, you know. So so to kind of speed up you know so so I made this promise to my wife and and uh, during all that they start hiring uh, in different areas in, in in southern Indiana, and that's where I kind of looked at Terre Haute. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to go into any of the big you know metropolis cities and stuff like that like Indianapolis and it was not like I said nothing against the guys. I just didn't want to be anything that big and just be a number. I, I wanted it. to try to try to try to be something, you know, try to do something. And, um, you know, so I tested, I, I, I tested really well. And, and, and during all my interviews, and I, I was upfront about everything. Yeah. This is what happened in my court case. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I, I didn't hide anything. I wanted to be completely transparent because like I said, I was still struggling. With myself. Yeah. Um, you know, I get here to Terre Haute and, um, one of the, con- one of the conditions to take a job here, you had to be a paramedic. Mm. And so I came on the job, went through the academy. Everything was fine. Uh, had a great group of classmates. We go to medic school, and I'd never done EMS. I, I mean, we just the departments I was on. I just I was never yeah, around never had, EMS yeah. aspect. Right. Yeah. And um, so I come down here and struggle through paramedic school. Absolutely struggle. You know, I mean, you're looking at a guy who took the test seven times. Wow. And, yeah. you know, there, there's people down here that I owe my career to. You know, Rusty Baumgartner is one of them. You know, Kevin Poole is another one. These guys took time out of their day and their positions to help me get through these tests mm. because they saw something. I mean, maybe it was just because I was persistent. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting this. I need the help. I mean, I'd go to shift and then my two days off, I was in, in Chief Baumgartner's office trying, trying to understand this, trying to pass these tests. Yeah. You know, and, and eventually – after the, you know, the, the, the first time I took the class and took the refresher and took it another three times and failed all six, I go back to a paramedic program, still continually work with them on my off days, go in my seventh time and finally pass the test. You know, so everything up until this point, you know, was ego, ego, ego. I fall on my face and then incest depression. Yeah. That's what, because, I, was gonna, that's what I was gonna ask you. I mean, was this oh yeah. Bro, and during you know, and that and that, and so I'm I'm looking at my third year on the job here in Terre Haute. Finally, a paramedic. I am battling depressions and 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 the and the mental demons. I'm sitting here looking at my career, looking at my my life as a failure at this point in time. And it wasn't because of Terre Haute or anybody on the job, it's because of my own demons. Yeah, you know, and and so as times progressed, you know, I mean. My kids have all gotten older. They're all out on their own. They're all doing phenomenal in this world. And thank God they didn't take after me. Um, 
I'm starting to, to, to review and see things differently. So as things progress, you know, I, I struggled for years. The ambulance wore me down. I mean, just, and it was it's just because I wasn't used to it. It wasn't my cup of tea. Yeah, standing out in front it. of a house watching guys it. go to work and I'm standing there. I mean, this is, oh my gosh, it was, it was excruciating. I'm sure. But it was part, but it was part of the path I had to take for, for the city here. I had to do it. I knew it coming in. And I knew it was part of it. So it wasn't like it was a surprise. You know, it was my own choice. Right. You know, and I've been fortunate enough, you know, I made my time up on the ambulance. Um, Had some good runs, had some bad runs, had some phenomenal partners on the ambulance and um, got off, got into suppression, was still kind of bouncing back and forth between suppression and the ambulance. And uh, finally got in into suppression pretty much full time because, you know, I hit my my 10 year marks. I wasn't on the ambulance as much. Uh, Got into station three driving for Steve and got re-sparked. Steve's really big on training and education. How many many years is that, Chris, into the fire service where you get a re-spark? Oh, shoot. Let's see. I mean, that was four years ago now. Really? So, so you're at yeah. 29, 29 years in the fire. I didn't even get into your whole intro. We just dove right in. <laughs> yeah, but 20, know, 29 years in the fire service, 22 years as a career fireman. Um, yeah. Currently, you know, a lieutenant in Terre Haute, Indiana as a suppression lieutenant, right? And so on. And you still volunteer. We'll get into that in a few minutes. But oh, yeah. so, okay. So four years ago, so you're talking 18 years in the career fire service. And you're getting a respark I'm, now. I'm 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 doing the off body restoration. Mm. You know, with depression came weight, came the demons, and I, I needed to get back with the dogs again. You know, because because with these times, you know, I was still teaching. Um, I've been with Laburn Fire for well, for a while now. You know, we're we're out of based out of Missouri. Yeah, but you know, I had to get back into it. You know, and so Steve sparked it on the job. I got back into teaching more and more, um, but I really have had to start looking at things differently, you know. And then, and then the first round of lieutenant tests come up, and I and I passed on it. Second test come, you know, comes around. Worked with Steve really, really hard. Scored really well, and was able to make the list and got promoted, you know. So, mm. so in 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 essence, a very short time here in Terre Haute. I mean, I've had a lot of things happen, you know, a lot a lot of positive, a lot of negatives. But it's 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 that point now where I can't be that person of well why don't they know or where you know how can they fail no I mean I'm I'm trying to look at things differently. Does what it, happened with these situations? Well, you know, did the person not know? Yeah. Were they just not taught? I mean, we have to look at things completely differently now. How do, and I mean, I'm sorry. No, I I was just I'm I'm just trying to follow. So what I'm trying to figure out is that, you know, I I often talk about experience and maturity and with maturity comes some clarity. Right. And, you know, when when you when you have the type of career you do where you had very highs and then some lows and then some real lows and then the ability to come back around and find that hook to get you excited about the job again. Do you find that? that low allowed you, I mean, as, as bad as that was the depression side of it and the, the, the longing for what you had known. Um, did you think, do you think that that somehow influenced your ex- being re-excited about the job and, but this time in a different way, right? Because you're a, you're a much different person than you're painting the picture of who you were 22 years ago. You know what I'm oh. saying? Big time, big like, time. Very and different because knowing you like I do and how we talk, there's I don't I don't sense 
any of that bravado or that, you know, uh, assurance that I'm better than you type thing. I know better. Like I have the experience to prove it type better. Like you don't come across that way at all. So where did, where did that change happen? Like what, what, how did you make that change happen? Cause I think a lot of people that are going to listen to this that can recognize that ego side of things maybe need to understand that there has to be a time where you're going to have to reconcile and you're going to have to figure out how to level out that aggressive nature to bring it more full circle. No. Yeah. The one thing I can pinpoint is one of my mentors, uh, he died, mm. you know, and I'm damn, I'm trying to get teared up on you here. <laughs> it's um, okay. But you know, I mean, Big Joe meant the world to so many people, and he took so much time to teach. I mean, stretching hallways, he would stop you. Hey, kid, come here. Look at this. And then when I get the phone call, it said, hey, man, Joe died. That was that, was that thunderclap. Mm. That, was, that was that punch in the face because I thought, damn, I totally, and I don't want to say I forgot, but I lost my way on the way I was raised. Mm. There you go. I didn't forget. I didn't forget the importance because it's still there, but I forgot about it. I didn't make that the priority. I didn't. I didn't make the job better than I found it. Hmm. I was creating more havoc than I was good. Yeah. You know, and and th- that was that was hard. And then shortly after Big Joe, we started losing them. I mean, it, it seemed like every phone call I got from one of the guys up north, somebody else passed away. Somebody else is struggling. Somebody else has got bad health issues. And then, bam, they're gone. Did you, know? you, and then, and did you find yourself following in their footsteps with mentoring along the way? Like, did you, or, I mean, I know you do today for sure, but before you had this reconnection, this, this, uh, this fire lit under you once you got out of the medical side, came back to suppression really and, and dove all in with Steve and, and, and then just being getting a fire lit under your ass again about loving the job and so on. Is that where now for you it's more about giving back to this job, promoting this job, being a mentor for people, you know, putting it out there? I mean, were you, were you giving back like these guys were to you prior? No. Yeah. I'll be completely honest. No, and that's... I, 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 I lost it. Yes, right. I lost it because of self-interest, greed, ego, arrogance, whatever you want, however you want to label it, I'll take it, and I'll own it, because that's where I was at. Yeah. You know, and then, like I said, then they start passing away, and I'm thinking, damn, the one thing I forgot about was loyalty. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, bro. I just got chills on that one. Ooh. Yeah, bring it back around. You know, I mean... I lost the loyalty that these guys gave me, that these guys made an emphasis on. You're loyal to your crew. You're loyal to your captain. You're loyal to your station. You're loyal to your department. I lost that. I lost that. Mm. I forgot. I lost my way. And I was was on that that 40-day hike in the desert that far lost. I mean, I, I was clueless. You know, and the past... You know, a couple of years, I've been on a crusade righting the wrongs. Mm. People that I have crossed, people that I had argued with or told them that they were wrong, I've gone back and apologized to. I'm taking advantage of that, you know, because I'm watching my mentors die. Yeah. Did, they, did, did they leave with any regrets? I don't want people to say, oh, he was an asshole. I want them to say, hey, man, I learned a lot from that guy. 
and have a good thought. I don't want to, I, I don't want that perception to be, to be there. You know I mean? I, I was so deep into it that I lost my way on it. I forgot. Yeah. And like I said, then when I start seeing it and this and that, I mean, it, it's a blunt reality when huh. your mentors are, are, are leaving, not the way you expect them to. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. You when, know, and it's like, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. No, please go. And it's, and it's like, I, 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 I got to that reality. I got that smack in, in, in the face, the punch in the gut. I got to do better. I've got to be better. And it's not for me. I've only got a handful of left, years left in suppression. I know that. It's these younger generations that are coming in because that's who's, that's who's going to carry this on. You know, five years after I'm gone, after I retire, I'm just a name. I'm a badge number. That's it. Legacy. But if I can make it, yeah, if I can make it, if I can make an impact and I can give somebody something to build on, and if that's even me being completely transparent and saying, I've screwed up, I've made bad decisions, I've affected my job, I've disrespected my mentors, I've disrespected my family, my kids, I walked away from obligations that I made promises to because of ego. That's the worst place to be in life. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it is, it's, it's, it's been a recharge, but you've gotten yourself to a point now where you, you've come back around. I mean, you understand the importance of that. You understand the importance of legacy and in leaving it on the table here and now. And I think that, you know, listen, I think we all lose our way at some point and find our way back, whether it's, whether it's on a grand scale or, or or a smaller scale, I think, you know, this, this is a long play, the fire service. It's a career, whether volunteer or career, it is a career because it's not a, a, a five year and out type deal, right? If you're all in, you're all in and it's going to be 20, 25, 30, 50, 60, 80 years of your, you know what I'm saying? Like it's a long sure. play. You have a long way to go. And I think with maturity comes the understanding, um, you know, that it's much bigger than us. I know when I was younger, man, I mean, Captain Screamer was one of my names. I mean, I thought I knew everything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I had tremendous oh, yeah. ego. Um, yeah. now I have tremendous ego, but I have conviction to follow it up with. Right. And I That's also probably the best yeah. way to say it. Yeah. And I, and I've, I've come to understand that it's all about delivery as well. Like you have yeah. to, you can, you can have the biggest ego in the room, but sometimes with the biggest ego comes a way to be able to know when to check it and then when to use it. Right. It doesn't yeah. need to be on Very display 24 seven. And that I think comes through the maturity of it. And for you to share mm-hmm. all of this today is super powerful to understand your journey and looking back now over 30, almost 30 years in the fire service, 22 years of a career, very busy career departments. You've had the time to really look back and at your own career now and say like, I want to be better. I want to be known for this. I want to do this. And you've got yourself there now. I think that's what matters most. Big time. And, and, and that's, and I'm still, I'm still a work on progress. I know I am. Well, let me I t- know. I, I know I have, I have a path to still travel. Yeah. Yeah, you do. You got a long road ahead of you, buddy. I promise you that because you have so much to bring to the table and just sitting back and listening to you and talking with you, you know, whether on this episode or just when you and I caught up uh, before FDIC, we chatted on the phone for a bit. uh, And then I saw you briefly at FDIC. I wish I had more time. I apologize. But, you know, but you said something before we hit the record button today that stood out and I wrote it down. It was funny. I was like, I'm already taking notes and, and we're not even recording yet. But you said we were talking about your volunteer department. You guys had a fire last night, right? Uh, yeah. You know, 
I, I moved, I, I, my family's from a small community north of, of Terre Haute by about 25 miles called Rockville. And uh, about five, six years ago, uh, you know, we, we were looking at moving in the area and we did. And, and then I knew there was a volunteer service there. My grandfather uh, would volunteered there years ago. That's cool. Years ago. And a uh, small farming community, you know, it wasn't anything major, but they've had a, they've had a career paid guy since like the early, like the late 1800s. They've always had one paid guy. And, you know, I, I, I did, I wanted to move up there. We, we, we bought a house and uh, got to know my neighbors. And I thought, you know, I got a skill set. I can't sit here if something happens in my community because I have family that still lives there. I got it. And not, and not be involved. I can't, you know. How can I sit on a, couch, on, a, on a couch knowing there's a house fire going and I'm just sitting on my butt? Yeah. Um, so I came on with them and, um, you know, kind of came through the ranks of the firefighter, got offered a, a, a lieutenant's position a handful of years ago. Uh, they also asked me to take on the training division. You know, we've, we've put together a complete training facility we've built ourselves um, progressively. I mean, we could teach class A basement fires mm. in this facility and we've built this. I mean, this is our sweat and blood. This is no, no state funding. This is all that department. I love it. This is, this is guys who knew how to weld and knew how to fabricate. We put this whole complex together, you know, and, and we started bringing programs in and we started teaching and, and they've allowed me to run with a lot of different avenues. And I'll tell you to watch these guys perform is phenomenal. I can't tell you where we were at five years ago. I'm not saying it's just me. It's an accumulated whole of everybody. Of everybody working hard. Everybody understanding the focus. I mean, these guys perform beautifully. I mean, we had we had a we had a, a job last night, and we still have one paid guy. We have a paid fire chief, and we have an inspector Monday through Friday, eight to four. So during the week, you know, you're pretty good. During the daytime, you have three guys rolling out of the firehouse. You know, but at night, it's one guy. And we've been teaching classes to get into think and, and to make every move you make, make it successful make for it the count. overall yeah. fire ground. Yeah. You know, last night we get, we get called out and um, not too long ago, we were donated a platform from a, from a community North of us. It was a town that's up there. They had a 85 foot aerial platform. We had in Rockville over a hundred buildings. We couldn't get to the roof on. And they knew it. They donated their old platform to us. Wow. So here we, here we've built a whole aerial program of a department that's never had an aerial. And, you know, we, we're constantly evolving, constantly trying to push these guys. And these guys are bought. They're bought in. They're, they're about it. They ask questions. You go into the firehouse, there's always, there's always fire conversation going on. Books are out on tables. Guys are totally involved. You know, we're, we're teaching classes. We're having a blast. We're having fun. But I'll tell you, man, when the tones drop for these guys to perform, they're amazing. I love it. Absolutely amazing to watch because, man, you, you can teach them everything in the book, but you can't teach heart. And I'll tell you, every one of those guys have one of the biggest hearts for that community because their families live in those communities. You know, and, and that's the thing. We always had the cliche saying, you know, look in the mirror. Are you going to be the fireman that somebody, you know, that, that you would want to save your own family? That's right. These guys have got it. Wow, and this is, this is what, a farming community? I mean, this is the American volunteer fire service that, like, a lot of people don't understand is that, you know, there is tremendous buy-in and heart from the volunteer firefighters in the communities that they live and work in. I mean, this is, you know, this is, uh, this is a place that they take tremendous pride in. Their kids go to the schools. Their relatives have stores on Main Street. Like, 
they have tremendous buy-in. All they need, they have let's let's they have the heart and the civic drive to do this. Let's just get them the tools they need. Right. Let's no educate them about, you know, what and how are the best tactics and skills and and so on. I love that. I mean, but you talk specifically to me about the fire you had last night and you said it is it is overwhelming to watch it all come together and it makes all the hard work worth it. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, our, our driver last night pulls up on the A side of the house fires on the seaside he, he circles the block comes back around repossessions repositions the rig grabs our two inch hose and goes to work yeah myself and one of the other guys brought the aerial and the second engine in and we're pulling up and he's got 95 percent of the fire knocked out and it was all because of him paying attention and him making the right calls because of the knowledge that we've all been trying to share over these these, these past five years up there you know i mean these guys are amazing they're phenomenal. I'm so proud to watch the growth on each one of them. I'm so proud to watch the dedication. It's it's absolutely in that. I'm, I'm just amazing. Yeah, it's huge. I love it. I absolutely love it. And I wonder, you know, like where you are today, man. I mean, you're you have such a passion and appreciation for I think the foundation for which you learn this job against. However, you found and made it now your way the way that you wanted it to represent who you are, correct? Yes. And it, like I said, it is still a, uh, a work of art. man. I mean, it's, it's still ongoing. I'm still during the restoration. I don't think I'll ever be done with the restoration when I retire. I uh, love this too much. I mean, I, I, I've got time invested. I have people who invested time in me, and I'm not going to let them down anymore. I did it once. That's enough. Yeah. And, and most importantly, you can't let yourself down. I think that's that's one of the biggest aspects of it, and I think a lot of people don't focus on that either. But, you know, there's a lot of people counting on you and a lot of people that were there in your beginning and helped raise you and, and make you who you are, but you still got to form your own path and you still got to make yourself happy too. And if you're not happy, I can't stress this enough, the people that listen to this podcast, there's a lot of people out there that are looking for something more, and a lot of times it's because they don't focus on themselves. And sometimes you got to focus and, and refocus on yourself. Um, Chris, what a powerful story, brother. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for <laughs> you know, sharing I, that. I appreciate you letting me to share it, you know, and, and you have my phone number. If anybody ever <laughs> reaches out to you and says, Hey man, send them my way. Uh, of course. I can't, I can't tell them I can give them any answers, but I'm here to listen because that's, that's what it took for me to get through a lot of it. It's just some, some really good friends of mine just listening to me. Yeah. Yeah. Let me air it out. Well, Not you judging me. And you had the ability to have some good friends. I mean, you you, I do. you obviously, you know, as much as you say, you had some tough times along the way. You also had very good times, too, that allowed people to be in your court and in your corner when you needed the most. And I, I think that that's something to be said as well. Yes. Yes. I'm very fortunate. I count that as a blessing every day. I love it. Brother, thank you. What a what a fantastic conversation today. I mean, I know we only like literally scratched the surface. <laughs> this is this yeah, is I the know. problem. I'm trying to keep these episodes to like an I, hour. I'm sure right? I'm over an hour, and I'm so sorry. For no, that. you're no. We're we're just about at an hour now, but that's not really the point. Like, I don't sit here and hover around that mark and be like, "Oh, are we gonna shut this down?" But I don't want to. You know, it's important to me to 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 make sure that the episode is is full for the listener. As well as, I mean, you and I could talk for hours and hours, and we do. And, um, you know, but, like, this is – you're one of those guys that, like, I'll have you back on again, and we'll go down a different road. But 
the oh, fact that it. the fact that you were willing to share your story today about ego and um you know and it's so oh and and the fact that we learned from our mistakes we didn't even go down that road and how important yeah. that is right we talked about yeah, that in the pre-show story. yeah you know but <laughs> but allowing but allowing yourself to be vulnerable to make those mistakes allowing and putting yourself out there to learn from your mistakes matters um yeah, and so if, on if somebody can learn from me too yeah. Take 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 the mistakes I've learned. Listen to what I'm saying. You don't want to go down that path. Yeah. You know, do the right thing as as much as you can. It's not always popular, but if you do the right thing, you're going to be able to hold your head held high. That's such a theme on this show. Do the right thing. I can't stress that enough, man. I really can't. I I think that doing the right thing is always the right thing. You could probably argue with me on that and and find specific examples where maybe it's not. But I still believe in the long run, the right thing is always the right thing. And if you're not doing the right thing or you're not, you know, if you're not, then fix it. Do it. You're going to get more satisfaction out of that. It might be difficult up front, but the long play on doing the right thing is always the right thing. 100%. Definitely. Chris Overpeck, thank you, brother. Thank you for joining brother, me I today. I love you. Ah, you're the best, love you man. So much. Thank you. Thank love you, you so much for this opportunity. And like I said, if anybody reaches out, you got my number, man. My my phone's always on. 100%. I appreciate I, I'm, I'm that. Not... Okay. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that, Chris, more than you know. And and there's always people that are that are hungry and looking and and so on. So I will certainly do that and um, you know, and so on. But for you to spend an hour of your time today with me and just sharing some of your story and putting yourself out there, I appreciate that, man. It means a lot I to me. What you guys do for us, uh, I really do. Thank you. That means the world coming from you. It's huge. I mean, because this, this is what the fire service needs. Well, I agree with you, and that's why we do what we do. And um, it's conversations like this that fuel me to continue to do it um, because I just think that it does bring value. And it's not me; it's the guests. It's the storytelling. It's the guests. Uh, and it's getting, you know, having a community that we can share a message across is just uh, important to me. So, Chris Overpeck, thank you, brother, for joining me today. I appreciate you. Stay right here. I'm just going to sign off the podcast. I'm going to come right back to you, buddy. All right, bro. Cool. Thank you. Everyone, thank you for tuning in for another episode of the National Fire Radio Podcast. Chris Overpeck, almost 30 years in the fire service, 22 years in some very busy fire departments throughout Indiana unbelievable conversation today do me a favor take this conversation take it back to the firehouse and talk about it because when you're talking about the job we're making the job better if you want to get in touch with chris let me know send me a dm shoot me an email at podcast at nationalfireradio.com he loves chatting with people so please do not hesitate to reach out and anyway thank you i appreciate you all for tuning in and being a part of our community at the national fire radio podcast and social media channels we'll see you at the next one jeremy national fire radio